Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour of the great Scott Show, the great sports callers open think tank. Happy to have you with me on this Friday morning, and joining me now, as promised, is Louisiana Raging Cajun Director of Athletics, Dr. Brian Maggard, who, you know, has been joining me in studio as of late. Uh, he wears a mask into the building, into the studio, and then when he sits across from me, he takes it off to speak into the mic, and then when he leaves, he puts it back on. That's all to say that even when he's in here, he's careful, but not in here today. Joining me over the phone line because I think everyone's trying to be extra careful with the uptick of uh, COVID-19 in the area, Dr. Maggard, and I'm... I. I think it's fair to say within the athletic department over there, you guys, um, you guys could probably speak to that more than most right now. Well, that's, that's certainly the case. And first of all, good morning to you and everybody else. I hope everyone's enjoying this wear red Friday and that we're all in red. If we're not shame, shame, but, uh, no, Scott, to your point. Yeah, we're uh, certainly very mindful of and aware of, uh, the uptick and certainly it's impacted our athletics program, but you know, our, our, program is really kind of a microcosm of our community, our region, our state, our nation right now. And so we're starting out immune to the virus and uh, it's uh, showing its face again. And so we're going to practice safety and make sure that our coaches and student athletes, uh, their health and safety comes first and then we'll get back after here as soon as we can. I know you you, you covered a good bit on, uh, on the Zoom call with the media uh, Wednesday. I was going to pick up two of my kids from a mother's day out. So I, I had you on in the phone in the car. I wasn't able to ask any questions. Perfect. So, you know, I, I missed a couple of things. So forgive me if, you know, I know you've covered a lot of okay. this, but just, just for bookkeeping reasons. So, you know, I know that you guys do the, uh, the weekly uh, tests, but in terms of the tests that led to uh, the 33 players being in COVID-19 protocol, which you said in terms mm-hmm. of ones that actually tested positive was around 50-50, some of it's contact tracing and other things. What, did, did something lead to getting extra tests, or was that just the, the, the weekly ones you get? What's the, um, again, just from, from a bookkeeping sure. standpoint, a lot of folks have been asking me, I'm like, look, I, I heard some of the call, <laughs> but I was in the car with my kids, so I missed some of it, so I, I apologize for asking again. Yeah, so we knew that we had uh, we had some uh, students come in, I think, on Sunday and Monday, you know, with symptoms. And so come uh, – and it doesn't take many to, you know, kind of get your alarm up. And so we uh, did a kind of an impromptu antigen test on Tuesday morning, and we had a handful of uh, students test positive for that. And, you know, it's, when that happens, you, you quickly try to do contact tracing as fast as you can. Um, but we kind of internally decided, um, you know, that, Hey, let's, let's not practice on Tuesday with this uptick. And then we used all of Tuesday, Tuesday evening to consult with our medical professionals and, and the appropriate people on campus, et cetera, et cetera, to, uh, come to a conclusion on, uh, for my Wednesday morning that we needed to shut down for the week. Uh, we went ahead and did our, uh, molecular test on, Wednesday morning, that had been yeah, Wednesday, uh, and just candidly, uh, those tests overall went very well. So we will test again tomorrow, and uh, or no, excuse me, today. Uh, we'll do an antigen test today to kind of see how things are going. And, um, you know, from there, we'll be able to determine whether or not we can resume activity starting tomorrow. 
an activity would be practice, obviously. Yeah, and Dr. Magadar, I guess. So you guys, did you do some, some round of testing Wednesdays as well? Uh, how did, what, what were, yeah. the res, were the results? Um, I imagine they were was... good. And when I, t- I, 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 I used the wrong word. I, I think I said they were positive. I meant that in nature. Right, okay. Uh, no, All right. I just uh, want to make, we, uh, make we, sure we, there. Yeah, we, we came out of Wednesday's test very good. Let okay. Me say that. All right, there you and go. And so, but we had also planned, you know, we had working with our physicians that we would also test today. So we'll do another round of antigen tests today. I got you. Because. Uh, just ensure whether or not we can uh, resume activity tomorrow. Were there were there any new positives in that in those Wednesday testing, or was it all good? Is, is again, I want to make sure I'm phrasing it correctly. Uh, I think we, we might have had we might have had one or two, but okay. um, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, that's that's not bad at all. Right. You you do the the contact. So if you guys are able yeah. to yep. return to practice tomorrow, and that'll be based off of today's mm-hmm. testing. How much longer do some of the ones in COVID-19 protocol, ha- like when are they allowed to get back and, and practice? Well, you have some that are, you know, the the, uh, the positive tests, you know, from the day they started showing symptoms, uh, they have 10 days of isolation and pending no symptoms on day 10, they can get out on, on day 11. And then for those who are contact trace, um, that's a 14-day quarantine piece. So, you know, you could... I don't have all the math or numbers in front of me, but if, if we had student athletes go into quarantine this past Tuesday, they would get out the Tuesday prior to the App State game. And, you know, having to, uh, to, to, to cancel a game that would have been senior day, and again, senior day is, is uh, unique this year like it is a lot of years. I mean, some players might be coming back. It's like with Levi, do you, do you honor him as a senior, knowing he'll be back next year? But But with all that aside, there are some guys that – uh, you know, you get you kind of get that moment. I don't right. know what the what the plan was going to be in terms of family and whatnot, but it's still kind of that that special <laughs> moment. So I imagine um, it's just kind of added to the difficulty of a decision. Obviously, you had to make. I I, I don't think anyone would argue otherwise, but right. it just kind of makes it uh, from an emotional standpoint just a little more difficult, huh? Oh, no question. I mean, that's something that's always on your mind, and you know that that's the, the final home game for some of our student athletes and. Uh, and we also know that uh, you know we have a this year an extremely loyal fan base that I think was counting on the game as well, and and to come out and see the Cajuns, you know, end. You know, fortunately we had a fantastic game on uh, last Saturday with South Al, so ended ended the season at home very strong that way. But uh, had a chance to do it again this Saturday, and so you know we'll find a way. We'll find a way to you know to recognize in a special way those uh, young men who um, aren't going to come back. You know, next season, but yeah, that's certainly uh, something that's always on your mind when you have to make a decision like this. Well, you know, I know that uh, a lot of Cajun fans will be watching tomorrow, 11 a.m. Coastal Carolina hosting App with uh, with plenty of interest, and maybe there is another game occasion field this year, albeit you're kind of hosting, yeah, but it's also right. run by a conference. So there's there's still that possibility there, um, but yeah, in 2020, right. I guess anything's possible. So. Uh, there's a possibility that the game a week from tomorrow in Monroe doesn't happen, but right now it's scheduled and, uh, and, and, you know, as of today, you guys are planning on, on, on playing that one. That's right. As of today. I mean, the irony of that is I, about 20 minutes ago, I just got off the phone with my counterpart at Monroe, Scott McDonald, and we were just checking in with each other to see how both teams are doing. And, uh, but we also both realize it's day to day, you know, we have a, kind of a league policy of 
uh, what qualifies as canceling a game. And that's, you know, if you have 53 eligible, capable student athletes, scholarship and walk on combined, if you have seven offensive linemen, five defensive linemen, and a quarterback, you know, you need to play the game. Uh, now, the one thing that can supersede that, you may meet that criteria. But if your numbers are high enough where your local health officials feel that you know you need to shut down and you can't practice and prepare, then that obviously would prevent us playing the game. And that's what happened with Central Arkansas. Even though it was a non-conference game, we don't really have you know the the, the, the conference regulations that we have to follow uh, during it with a game like that. But we weren't allowed to practice you know Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and, and obviously Tuesday either. So we had no prep you know for that, and that's why we had to cancel that game. ESPN1420.com, Louisiana Raging Cajun Director of Athletics, Dr. Brian Maggard, our guest. Uh, I'm Scott Prather. So with uh, with football, you've been, I know all the work you and Nico and everybody in the department has been kind of putting in to make these games happen and, and the home games that were played. But uh, next week you were set to begin some basketball games as well. Uh, that has now been put on hold. Uh, what you know for folk, I, I imagine most listening already know all the details. But just a Cliff's Notes version. What's the latest with uh, men and women's basketball? Well, right now, you know, we had to cancel our two, uh, the first two home games for our, our women's program because that team was in quarantine, and then uh, Xavier, the opponent of our, on the men's side, they canceled the game. So. You know, we'll work on seeing if, you know, there's some replacement games at some point. Uh, they will obviously be on those dates. We'd have to push them back a little bit. Um, there's nothing definitive that says we will replace those, but I know we're looking into it. Um, but, you know, when you just kind of scroll through the news, you, you're, I'm already seeing many basketball programs uh, oh, either yeah. shutting down or canceling. You're seeing head coaches and coaching staffs, you know, with the virus. And so, we knew and continue to know that basketball season is going to be very challenging. Uh, it's starting, you know, during a peak, uh, peak rise of COVID. Uh, it's an indoor sport, and uh, it's a very, uh, it's, it's a game of close proximity, you know, amongst the players. Uh, and so, uh, it's going to be a challenge to get through it. Uh, as I said, with football, soccer, and volleyball, I'll say the same with basketball. It's it's going to be clunky. And uh, we just appreciate everybody's patience and loyalty and loyalty um, as we get through this season. How, how this is, this is a, I guess, a wide open question here because you, you talk to a lot of supporters of the Louisiana athletic program. How supportive would you say, or rather, let me rephrase it, how understanding have most of the, the fans been with what you guys have had to go through in uh, just all of the moving parts? Oh, extremely understanding, extremely. You know, it, people have been very patient, you know, with us, and we greatly appreciate that. And for all those listening who, you know, had to exercise their patience with us, we thank you very much. Um, uh, there, you know, we've had a, a tremendous sense of loyalty, you know, amongst, you know, a segment of a fan base that uh, stand with us, you know, from a season ticket, either purchase or donation standpoint. Uh, they've been very patient and understanding as we tried to allocate uh, seats. Uh, we knew the football process was clunky. We learned, you know, from some mistakes there. I think the men's basketball allocation went much more smoothly. Uh, it is a smaller number, but uh, it still went more smooth. And right now we are obviously internally uh, working on plans for baseball and softball. So it's, it's a nonstop 
um, activity for us. But uh, to answer your question, uh, Scott, the people have been very understanding, and I'm extremely grateful for that. This is a question that you've answered uh, the last two Fridays, but I need to ask it again because I know as soon as you get off the phone, someone's going to email me and say, what about this? Because they don't listen every Friday, even though they should. Um, What is the current, again, current as of today, the current plans in regards to attendance for uh, basketball, both men and women? So on the men's side, our capacity is give or take about 2,500 seats. And I think my, you know, I think we have got all the allocations done. If we're, if not, we're very, very close. Uh, and on the women's side, again, it's uh, we sell general admission season tickets and single game tickets, and um, you know that process again very smooth. We got plenty of space there, um, and so people can still buy season tickets on the women's side. They can still buy single game tickets on the women's side, and you just come in and we'll have, you know, available seats. Noticeable that are socially distant. Dr. Brian our guest, Louisiana Raging Cajun Director of Athletics. Uh, one of my counterparts and I, Norman Locke, he and I were talking yesterday, and um, both I, I think Gary Broadhead's squad, you know, 19 and 2 a season ago, winning record in league play, um, you know, finished on a winning note. We're going to New Orleans to the semis for the conference tournament before uh, the shutdown started. You look at some of the senior leadership there. I, I I feel like this is a big season coming up. I I don't have them finishing first. I have them finishing just behind them in second. I hope I'm wrong. But I but my point is I, I I'm expecting big things out of the program this year. I think they've got a really strong roster. Uh, I think this might be Gary Broadhead's best team since he's been here. I don't disagree. And you know, in addition to yourself having. Uh big expectations. I know the team does as well. You know, this is a group of young ladies who are extremely focused and you can tell that uh, they know they have something special, you know, from a team standpoint, a talent standpoint. And, um, you know, the league pits that finished second in the West division, I believe, to your point. And so absolutely, we look forward to picking up where we left off uh, last March. I can still remember as we talk about this, I'm sitting at our home game, which is a tournament game, right? We hosted a tournament game. I think it was maybe a little rock. I can't remember who we played at the time. Um, and all of a sudden you just start seeing all these cancellations, you know, of uh, different tournaments and, and leagues uh, taking place. You know, that's was the start of the COVID shutdown. But, uh, no, this team is hungry. They're focused and, to your point, extremely talented. Talked to Bob Marlin on the show last week, and uh, he, he got me excited after talking to him. You know, you got a, a bit of new faces with the program. I know fans are really excited about some of the recruiting news this week, but the on-court product, I, um, I'm expecting a better result than last year because from talking to him and others around the program, it sounds like the chemistry is getting off to a really good start with this team. And I think, you know, <laughs> every year that's super important. But when you throw in the monkey wrench that is this year and all the challenges that every program in the country is going to have to face – I mean, we, we, you look at the chemistry with the football team and talking to players. You know, Jalen Johnson told me this week, you know, junior safety, he felt like from a family environment standpoint, it's as close-knit a team as he's ever been a part of. Um, and he's not the only one that's told me that, but, uh, you know, Percy Butler said as much. You know, Taylor Humphrey, Big Sauce, was saying that. And I think that's important when you face the challenges, not just on the field, but off it in terms of having to move games around and be responsible and socially distanced. So 
if I'm hearing the chemistry is good right now and hopefully that carries over, then I think that's going to definitely take this team to a better finish and, uh, and, and a, strong, a strong campaign this year. Um, God willing, they're able to you know, get the whole season in. Uh, no doubt. You know, I think Bob would be the first to tell you, you know, from a talent standpoint, he's extremely excited. And, you know, what, what we just need to be mindful of is it does take a little time for that chemistry to you know, produce 100%. But, um, you know, it's a, an extremely talented uh, group of basketball players. You know, they're, they're really a very, uh, I mean, I, I say it's a sharp group. You know, I've had a chance to hear from them or visit with them, you know, a little bit. And uh, really a sharp group of young men. And you can just tell that uh, there's been a very quick brotherhood established, you know, amongst them. But, uh you know, in addition to that, they're extremely talented. But we just need to, you know, continue to be mindful. It does take a little time, you know, for that uh, chemistry to, to fully gel. But uh, there's no doubt in my mind. And to Bob's credit, you know, you have, people got to understand, he was playing, you know, with five to seven guys on some games, right? We were so injury-plagued last year. And the job he did, you know, with what we had during certain games with maybe one or two guys on the bench who could come off of the bench, uh, it's nothing short of remarkable. It's probably, you know, if you were to ask, you know, some people who followed his coaching career, it might have, the record may not have showed it, but it might have been his best coaching year of all time uh, based on what he had to work with uh, in terms of the limited bodies. Uh, that game right now, the first game scheduled to tip off, is uh, November 28th against a extremely fine academic institution in Loyola University of New Orleans. And I think everyone who graduates from there is super sharp. But um, <clears throat> with that being said, I know UL plays at ULM that day in football, 2 o'clock scheduled kickoff. Do we have a kickoff t- a tip-off time yet for that game on the 28th? Uh, uh, yes, 2 o'clock in Monroe. Two no, no, o'clock. I'm, I'm, uh, the, 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 basketball, I'm the basketball game that day oh, uh, I'm at sorry. the Cajun. No. I don't believe we do. I do not okay. believe we do at this time. I don't think we do. I'm sorry. It's all right. So how much does <laughs> – My sports and days are running – how much does a football kickoff time go into that decision? You know, it's really it's either dictated by our television partner ESPN if it's going to be uh, picked up on a linear network, and if it's a ESPN Plus or three, we pretty much get to pick the time. You know, for the uh, Monroe game, um, you know, we kind of had a pretty good idea that that was not going to be a linear game. So talked with coach and uh, we knew that, you know, we've got to turn around and travel on Thursday, that following Thursday for a game Friday night at Boone. So we didn't want to be traveling too late. So uh, uh, I called my counterpart up at Monroe and, and asked if we could get as early of a kick, you know, on Saturday as possible. Uh, 11 wasn't really good for them, but they were, very uh, willing to accommodate a 2 p.m. kick. So very grateful uh, to the Warhawks for working with us on a, a 2 p.m. kick so we can get in, play the game, and, and bus home and get home at a decent time. Dr. Brian Maggard has been our guest, ESPN1420N.com. So follow-up there to wrap up this conversation. So an ESPN Plus game, you get final say. How much does a football kickoff time, even on the road, go into your thinking uh, in terms of determining a tip time for basketball, and it might not necessarily be the one in eight days, but just in general, when you when you're you got you know you're juggling a lot of different balls with other sports, yeah. uh, are you are you trying to spread that out as much as possible when you have control, knowing that you don't always do? 
That's right. When we have control, you know, we're trying to think of uh, our fan base because we have a lot of crossover, right? So we have people who either want to, if it's if football's on the road and we got a home basketball game, you'd like to have those not overlap so people can watch both. Uh, they can watch the game on TV and then go to the basketball game or something like that. So yes, we do try to coordinate that. We keep that uh, in mind. But there are certain times where you know the league may dictate it or TV may dictate it. Um, you know, we I, I think we we need to try to always do the best job we can, particularly in the spring when we have the baseball softball overlaps. You know, I know we've ran into some um, times there where, you know, it's not good for those um, crossover fans, but uh, those two sports can get a little tricky, but for the most part, to your point, Scott, we, we try to think uh, think about it from the fans' perspective. Understood. Dr. Brian Maggard has been our guest. Uh, appreciate it, Dr. Maggard. Uh, stay safe in the meantime, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. And if I don't talk to you before next week, happy Thanksgiving to you, Carrie, and the rest of the family. And the same to the Prather family, and happy Thanksgiving to Cajun Nation out there. And uh, we've got a lot to be thankful for, I know that. No doubt about it. Thanks for the time, Dr. Maggard. Thank you.